to this way out the international lgbtq radio magazine my name is samantha and to my friends while the regular crew takes off for the u.s thanksgiving holiday i'll be your host for a special presentation from the los angeles writers group queer wise i'm actually a puppet spirit and i've been gleefully drinking in your evolution for decades well i've seen the fights for human rights women rights, queer rights. But now, what's happening across this country? It's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. The queer wise writers say, queer today, bring on tomorrow. Now that you've discovered this way out. My beloveds, we have questions, so tell me, do you feel safe in the United States right now? Do I feel safe in America? 417 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced in state legislatures across the United States since the start of the year. I mean, I guess I feel safe in my own home, in my own bed. But as a woman, you rarely feel totally safe. It's not unusual. It's feeling safe that's unusual. That's a horse of a different color, as they say in Oz. And even Dorothy wasn't safe there, although I wonder why she ever returned. But Kansas is not as bad as one might think today. Women can still get abortions in Kansas, Dorothy. At least for now. Living in a bubble gives a false sense of safety, but the bubble is bursting. COVID still frightens me each time I don't wear a mask. I feel guilty. Am I killing myself when I drink tap water? I try to remember that I'm 71. I've lived an honorable life. Why should I worry about what might rattle my body? I started wearing short sleeves and shorts, no longer fretting about skin cancer. Well, I do smother myself with Trader Joe's sunblock. When there are armed guards at my synagogue, it makes me only want to go to Shabbat services on Zoom my form of bubble wrap. What would a safe America feel like? If I projected myself into a tall, white, cis, male, straight, young body, would I know what safe feels like? Apparently not, because those seem to be the people who are the most paranoid, the most afraid of losing what they consider their safety. Is that what this question means? Safe? where I can be refused service for being who I am. I feel safe here in LA, but I fear for my queer brothers and sisters in more conservative areas of America the beautiful. Crazy in the range, crazy in the range. They can't figure them out, they like, hey, is he insane? Yes, sir, I'm cut from a difficult- Who knew dancing could get you murdered? It's a warm summer night. A car pulls into a gas station on Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn. A young black man, O'Shea Sibley, jumps out and vogues in all his ballroom glory. Young white men approach, offended by O'Shea Sibley's dancing, his gayness, his black skin. Words, a knife, O'Shea is stabbed and dies. This is 2023. The Republican right deploys racist, homophobic dog whistles to turn the white working class against even more oppressed peoples, again. 
Do I feel safer now? Lori Carlton, a straight, cishet business owner, was shot to death last month in front of her own store because she flew a rainbow flag here in California. Am I safe in America as a working class woman of color, a former member of the U.S. Armed Forces, a proud Chicana lesbian emeritus? I, like my distant cousin, the chameleon, fool others with my camouflage. I don't mention my PhD unless another's ignorance provokes my ire. Then I spell my name out, lips dripping with Southern gentility. The first name is Dr. Uh, uppercase D, that's the big D. Lowercase R, that's the little R. Am I going too fast for you, honey? So yes, I am a chameleon. La gran tía lesbiana de la tierra. La tía de todos los pollitos. Wherever I am at, and that is that, getting back. Hey Sam, where and when have you felt safe? Where have I felt safe? Hmm. Gay Perry, 1929. Drinking absinthe with Natalie Barney and her coterie at Le Monarque. Cruising salons with Josephine Baker and Gertrude Stein. And we didn't have a care in the world. <laughs> now, mes petites. Where today do you feel the safest? Sweaty bodies undulating beneath a disco ball, an explosion of rainbow colors, pride colors envelop us as the lights blink in time to the beats. George Michael, Prince, David Bowie, and Sheik possess our bodies. We blend seamlessly. A woman in a tuxedo grinds up against me as a boy in a bustier bumps his booty against my leg. We are partying like it's 1999. Only it's not. It's 2016. But not in here. Our king is Prince and our queen is Donna Summer. We feel love, not hate. We are celebrating the end of a brutal year and the beginning of another. Tonight, our happiness, our joy, feels like a revolution. Los Angeles, 1991. We are taking the LA County streets, protesting Governor Pete Wilson's veto of AB 101 a guarantee of basic protection for lesbians and gays in employment and housing. Tonight, we reclaim Silver Lake, still queer Latinx territory. Tomorrow night, the San Fernando Valley. One night in Hollywood, we arrive at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, where Jerry Falwell is staying. We rattle the lobby with our chant. We're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. We're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. We're here, we're Our chants resonate like prayers. We injure no one. We arrive at the site in Yosemite, find a spot, and unpack. 
We become a tribe, a gathering of tribes, of women, a city of dykes, scantily clothed. This is the West Coast Women's Music and Comedy Festival, and we become its peoples. One night, a friend and I walk back to our tents. We hear a noise on the trail ahead. Out in the shadows, we can feel the eyes looking at us. My friend yells, go, and we break into a run. We hear them unexpectedly. Women making animal sounds, first from our left, then from our right, then from behind us. We stop running. They spot the figure. We hear it run until women spot it from the other side. The sounds in the dark encircle, close in for the kill. The women chased it, him, off the land to the road where some rangers rescued it, him, and led it, him, away. This is our space. We have the power to defend it. When we load up our cars and head to our city selves, we can tell the difference. I stand outside my front porch, and while my eyes adjust, my ears tune in. The ravens on my street have learned to mimic the mockingbirds, and they've started some kind of calm response. My left ear hears the tweets of smaller birds or their imitators. My right ear hears the screeching elongated caws, caws. I think I can hear the low hum of cars stuck on traffic on the Hollywood freeway. But then I notice the high-pitched chirping of the little birds who nest in the crappy tree in my front yard. <laughs> I see the red-breasted robin. Oh, there's my bluebird of happiness. Um, other little birdies that live there. <laughs> my bluebird, I said. <laughs> like a colonizer. You know, the birds are like queers because we were never truly colonized. We know who we are. We are everywhere, always have been, always will be. But a few of us, like the ravens who mock the mockingbirds, use our wit and our humor to deflect, to laugh so we don't cry. And the ravens who mock the mockingbirds are the queers of the aviary world because we have never accepted the delusions of colonization. Never. So, you have all been political activists in your way. I was at the White House with the suffragettes. And then Bella, Jane, Betty and Gloria, tell me, what was your first truly political act? The first political thing I did, besides choosing to survive in an abusive home, my first real cause was protesting nuclear power. And I ended up on the front page of the Boston Globe, asleep under a handwritten sign that said, end nuclear war now. And the caption read, Marie Cartier from New Hampshire rests from her actions against nuclear power during the protest this weekend. When I eventually came home that day, my mother met me at the patio door holding the newspaper. And she didn't say it, but I could tell she was proud of me. It is a warm summer day in New York, the last Sunday in June, 1977. My boyfriend, Dave, my best friend Bob and his boyfriend Carl gather in Greenwich Village to march in our first gay pride parade. I met Dave in Kalamazoo, Michigan in 1974 
when we both worked at a highly regarded community theater. No gay pride marches in Kalamazoo. In 1976, Dave and I moved to Manhattan to seek fame and fortune on Broadway. And we found a veritable feast of gay venues to drink, eat, and have sex. hypnotized by the throngs of sexy boys and hot leathermen on their motorcycle. My head swivels around, drinking in one hunky guy after another. We march up Fifth Avenue, demanding that the New York City Council pass a gay rights bill. Passing St. Patrick's Cathedral, we boo to protest the Catholic Church's position. We would all burn in the fires of hell. How bad could hell be surrounded by all these hot guys? Crowds of people stream into Central Park for an afternoon of speeches, music, and frolicking. I especially love the frolicking. Joining the Harvey Milk Democratic Club in the 1980s was my first foray into politics. My lover Scott had been a political animal, and this satisfied that appetite. Maybe it is repeating to myself and the world I love being gay. I have no regrets. I wouldn't change my life. It makes me happy. A month ago, I spent the last half of the Jewish Sabbath with my comrades from clergy and laity united for economic justice and the vibrant, joyous strikers of the Hotel Workers Union Unite Here, Local 11. We heard testimony from striking hotel workers and writers and teamsters and farm workers and other union siblings. Everyone addressed the crowd as sisters and brothers. To begin my remarks, I added sisters, brothers, and beloved others. I shared that the Hebrew word for labor strike, shvita, comes from the root of Shabbat, rest. Shabbat is the first labor victory teaching us that every person is entitled to the dignity of rest and a living wage for the vital work they do. Se puede? I ask. Si se puede! We all roared. Last year, I was at the Bands Off Our Bodies abortion rights rally in uh, downtown LA. My queer rights are inextricably linked to women's rights. And I marvel at the diversity of the Angelinos on the streets, young, old, queer, black, brown, Asian, DACA kids, immigrants. We are family. I was MC for the Long Beach, California Dyke March. And I led the march into the streets and yelled into the megaphone, D-Y-K-E, what's that spell? Dyke, 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 I remember the cool air. The power of human possibility is exhilarating, changing the course of history, and you're hearing it unfold on This Way Out. I'm your special guest host, Sam, with Queer Today, Bring On Tomorrow, and I've got a surprise for our Queer Wise Writers Group friends. My darlings, there are presents. I brought a letter written to each of you from a descendant, people from your future. Ooh, I'll go first. Dear Mama Lucia, 
I used to hear a lot about you from my teachers who knew you, but see, when I was little, we still held school hiding in the basement. They taught us about you and the things you all used to do to win your freedom. By the time I was a teenager and joined the resistance, I understood you better. You did the best you could. You just didn't understand how short your time above ground would be. If I could tell you one thing, it's that what you did mattered, even if it took a century. Humanity almost went down the tubes, but we made it. I'll go from the year 2123. I found your writings in the June Mazer lesbian archives. You know, you wrote about lesbian bars and queer culture. I'm supposed to tell you what of yours I'm grateful for. What I want to ask you is, did you actually ever understand what greenhouse gas meant? Because it seems like everyone used gas and oil and coal. Did you ever think to make friends with the ocean and convert seawater? I know I'm supposed to be all LGBTQing you. That's what you were into, right? Because of who you loved? Wow, talk about luxury. All we worry about is not frying our asses off when we exit the bubble. I mean, thank you, I guess. You got to do a lot of cool crap. For instance, a dike march? That sounds super cool. So, okay, thank you for being my ancestor. But you all had the foresight of rocks. August 21st, 2123. Dear Gordon, I don't blame you for climate change, but I need to get a few things off my chest. I just finished reading your memoirs called Sissyhood. I identify with the struggle you had, but here on the moon, there is no rich or poor, conservative or liberal, white or black, male or female. Everyone on the moon is LGBTQ. Reading your writing, I learned how to overcome my difficult childhood, but I'm frustrated the way you never stuck up for yourself until later in life. You'd think that with the LGBTQ population on the moon, one could express feelings openly. Sometimes it doesn't feel safe because I never know what someone is really thinking. It's funny how on the moon, just because you are LGBTQ doesn't mean you're a good person. I guess we'll keep evolving. Hmm. Maybe I'd better go next. Dear queer ancestor, first of all, thank you so much for showing up for as long as you did. If not for you, I don't know what my life would be like. So I'm 15 years old and female, having ratified my gender when I chose to be known as a bat mitzvah, not ben or libanay. My learning concentrations are Talmud and marine mammal linguistics, learning to think like the ancient rabbis who connected our Torah to their dreams and relationships while dealing with the colonizing Roman Empire, really helps me to connect with the humpback whale elders. Of course, they think in four dimensions, but it's different with them since our fourth dimension is time and theirs is best described as buoyancy, but sorry, I do that. Anyway, everybody also does the grunt work too. I work at hydroponics and land-based farms, growing food, and I have an intimate acquaintance with the compost and animal sh
that fertilizes our crops. I have a pretty hard work day, six whole hours, and then a lot more study time. So thank you for looking at the monstrous injustices of your world and seeing what had to be done. I know it wasn't easy. I know you sacrificed time and security and dreams. And I know it wasn't your side that started shooting first. And you didn't have much of a choice because if you didn't get rid of the capitalist heteropatriarchy, well, but you did. And you kept telling your stories and being kind to one another. Yours in abundance, your spiritual daughter, Sipora. 23, year of Kwantlikwe. Saludos, Dr. Tony. We took up Aslan just like you prophesied. We share the heart of Nueva Aslan with Grandmother Spider and Mama Pacha. And we always sing your songs in our ceremonies. We inverted the borders after the second American Revolution, so no one is undocumented anymore. And Latinx people rebuilt the economy. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of cabrones who tried to take things back, but those pendejos cannibalized themselves. Ah, karma, no? <laughs> As you foretold, almost everybody is at least trilingual. Chicanish, Latinish, and Americanish. The four regions were redistributed so descendants could go back to their ancestral lands on the hemispheres. Uh, what you used to call Asian and Pacific Islanders chose the Northwest and the islands. And what you used to call African Americans or blacks live in Kwanzaa but they stay in contact with their old continent relatives. And Latinx, or E, <laughs> as some prefer, uh, live in Ashlan. The four regions share resources responsibly, but more importantly, we gather to celebrate the celestial solstices. First Nation territories are still under their own oversight, so they don't have to rely on casinos anymore. And there are still outlaw lands, which are any of the toxic Superfund sites. And what's left of all the hater groups like the NRA and the forgot how to be Christian nationalists also have their headquarters there, but they're on their own. But hey, original queer Chicana, we don't ask permission, so we don't have to apologize. And the spiritual entity in your time known as God doesn't make mistakes anymore. But you said it first, queers are not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. But you knew that already. Orale. Ahí nos vamos, Dr. Tony. Su sobrino de la nueva tierra de Aslan. Dear great, great, great uncle Jim, today is August 21st, 2123. I am writing this letter because a hundred years ago on August 21st, 2023, you celebrated the 40th anniversary of the Broadway opening of La Caja Fall. Even a hundred years later, the Jerry Herman Harvey Firestein musical about a gay couple is fondly remembered. Sadly, Broadway and most of Manhattan are now underwater. You went from the fabulous times of being gay in the 1970s to the depths of a deadly plague in the 80s to the ecstatic highs of gay marriage, and then the stripping of rights in the 2020s. By the time I was born, October of 2100, queer was back in the closet, or as we say, the cave. Since we too have been destroying the world, the devastation is vast. Billions died quickly, but billions starved slowly. Queer rights are the least of our problems. I would have loved to talk to you 
and hear your stories of the good old days, even if some of those days weren't so good. I think I'd like to try to write a short musical for fun. With much love, your queer trans niece, Alban. Dear queer ancestor, great, great, great Auntie Christine, I'm learning about our ancient history, and my assignment is to research what life was like on Earth 100 years ago. Things have changed a lot since your time. Being queer isn't really an issue anymore. The rising waters on Earth eventually made it difficult for everyone to survive. There is very little space to grow food, and people started to die off. Those who adapted stayed alive. Those who couldn't adapt died. It all came down to one gene, the very same gene that determines sexuality. If you had it, you lived. So, first the Republicans died off, at least most of them. The rest of us have enough space that we had to move to the highlands to find dry caves to live in and create new homes. But we're happy. We developed parthenogenesis to procreate, so we don't even need what you call opposite sex. We have few resources in comparison to you, but we don't need much. We live in peace in small tribes for now. Your great, great, great niece, Eve. Wow. Well, here's mine. Dear Dave, I'm graduating from Hudson High School, class of 21-23. You graduated from this school a long time ago. 1984. I'm writing to you, RIP, because I came across your name in the gym restroom. I was in a stall and saw on the door for a good time, call Dave Trudell. Someone engraved it into the door with a key. Anyway, when I looked you up, I came across a script on a remote queer website called Anal Archives. You were in a solo show about growing up here in Hudson and being secretly queer and then moving to LA and finally coming out. Things have changed a lot since your show. I've been out since I was five, but just like you, I've always been fascinated with California. You know, I feel like I need to move away to be free. My friends are great and really supportive of me, but not my parents. They're into this new religion called Q2. It's a derivative of QAnon from your times, I think. So around them, I keep my head, I say, I'm sorry a lot, and pretend to study the Q2 doctrine, but I'll never be a disciple. Tomorrow, I'm packing up my car just like you did. Once I charge it, I plan on leaving at midnight. I'm glad your name is still etched on that restroom stall. I'm gonna add mine. Wow, all those letters from different timelines. I love thinking about how the world might be, though it sounds like it could be terrifying or phenomenal. What future will you create? Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Queers were never a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes. Queer Today, Bring On Tomorrow was written by members of the writers group QueerWise, QueerWise.net. It was produced for This Way Out by Lucia Chappelle. I love being gay. I have no regrets. The head writers are Robin Podolsky and Michael Kearns. Who knew that dancing could get you murdered? Antonia Garcia Orozco gave editorial assistance. This is our space. We have the power to defend it. 
You heard music by Beyonce, Donna Summer from Weather Girls, and the original cast recording of La Caja Fall. Kim Wilson composed and performed the theme music. Young, old, queer, black, brown, Asian, DACA kids, immigrants. We are family. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation and listener donors Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. This is what democracy looks like. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media. Email info at thiswayout.org or write to P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. To our our past, our our present, present, our our future. future. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts and on some 200 terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay tuned. Our chants resonate like prayers. We're We're here. here. We're We're here. here. Bring on tomorrow. tomorrow.